Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in John chapter 5, verses 30 through 47. Jesus has been in a conversation throughout chapter 5 about his deity, about the authority that his father has given him to exercise in this world. And this is all new and pretty radical stuff for the Jewish leaders who he's talking to. In this text, and I have my ESV study Bible to thank for a chart that helped me understand this, that shows that this text we're going to read through is going to reveal four different witnesses to Jesus, people or things that give give validity to Jesus, who he says he is. And I'm telling you this ahead of time so you can listen for it while we go through the text. One witness he'll mention is John the Baptist. A second witness he'll mention is his own works or the miracles that he's doing. A third witness is God the Father. And a fourth witness is the scriptures themselves, particularly the Old Testament scriptures, the first five books of the Bible written by Moses. Let's jump into verse 30. I can do nothing on my own, Jesus says. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. If I alone bear witness about myself, my testimony is not deemed to be true. And when Jesus says he can't bear witness about himself, he's not saying that he himself is not trustworthy. He's merely referring to the Old Testament laws that were commonly known by the Jewish leaders who he's speaking with, that if somebody goes to court, one person's testimony isn't enough. There needs to be at least two witnesses. So Jesus is acknowledging that in order for his testimony to be taken seriously by these guys, he needs to come up with at least one more witness besides himself, which is what he's going to lay out here in this text. And by the way, as you listen to this text, if you're feeling that it sounds a little bit abstract and hard to follow, it kind of is, which is why I told you about the witnesses ahead of time so we could be clear going into it. Let's continue in verse 32. Jesus says, there is another who bears witness about me, and I know that the testimony that he bears about me is true. He's speaking about God the Father, and he'll come back to God the Father later. Now in verse 33, he refers to John the Baptist. You sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Not that the testimony that I receive is from man, but I say these things so that you may be saved. He, referring to John the Baptist again, was a burning and a shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But the testimony that I have is greater than that of John. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing, bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. So there Jesus mentions the witness of the works he's doing. Verse 37, and the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen, and you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. So up to this point, Jesus has mentioned three of the witnesses, John the Baptist, his own works, and God the Father. And right here, he's laying into these Jewish leaders. Despite the fact that they're very familiar with the word of God, he says to them, you don't have his word abiding in you, obviously, because if you did, you would believe in the one whom he sent, which is me, Jesus. Verse 39, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive glory from people, but I know that you do not have the love of God within you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. You remember all the way back in John 1.12 where John wrote that those who received Jesus, who believed in his name, were given the right to become children of God. Here he's pointing out that these Jewish leaders have not received 
deceived him. And the implication is that they therefore are not children of God, despite the fact that they are physical descendants of Abraham. Like I said, Jesus is really laying into these guys. To read through this doesn't sound as sharp as it really is when you understand what Jesus means when he's saying these things. Jesus continues, if another comes in his own name, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. Why does Jesus say this? Because, he continues, there is one who accuses you already, Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? So these are very loaded statements by Jesus. There's no one that the Jewish leaders would have prided themselves in more than Moses in knowing the words of Moses, the first books of the Bible, which included the Ten Commandments. Jesus says, I don't need to accuse you to the Father because you already are accused. The way that these Jewish leaders and we ourselves today are accused is because we fall short of God's perfect law, which he gave to Moses in the form of the Ten Commandments. There's no man or woman, aside from Jesus, who has ever lived on earth who is capable of perfectly keeping the law, yet that is God's standard. In fact, that's the exact reason Jesus had to come, because we needed somebody to live a holy and righteous and perfect life that we can't live, who would be pleasing to God, who would satisfactorily meet the requirements of his law. Not only that, but once Jesus accomplished that, he had to have the sin of humanity put on him. That sin had to be punished, which is why he went to the cross. And then when he rose from the grave, he defeated sin and death and the devil forever. And God set it up so that anyone who puts their faith and trust in Jesus can have the perfection that he lived attributed to them, thus making them acceptable to God. And they can have the penalty they owe God for their sin marked paid because of what Jesus did on the cross. That's the essence of the Christian gospel. But these Jewish leaders, Jesus says, they're putting their hope in Moses. In other words, they're putting their hope in their own ability by their own morality to meet the standards of God that were articulated by Moses in the Ten Commandments. But in doing this, they've completely missed the boat. Not only that, but even Moses, their hero in whom they put their hope, pointed to Jesus. When he lifted the serpent up in the desert, he pointed to Jesus. When he wrote the Old Testament texts, which Jesus unfolded before the men who were on the road to Emmaus with him after his resurrection, which pointed to Jesus. There are many instances in Moses's life and writings and ministry that point to Jesus. But these teachers of the law are so inculcated with a religious system that they think is rightly centered on the law of Moses rather than centered on the Redeemer, the Messiah, who Moses's law would point to and require that they're missing this whole picture. And this is especially applicable to us today because I think there are a lot of people who think they're Christians, who call themselves Christians, but who haven't received Jesus Christ and believed in his name for their salvation. Rather, they're putting their hope in Moses or in a religious system or in their own morality to achieve enough good to offset the bad in their lives so that they'll be acceptable to God. But none of this stuff is the gospel. Don't you love the book of John so far? We're through five chapters. There's a lot more to come, so make sure you continue to join us. Thanks for tuning in and have a great day. This is The Daily Dose, a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify Podcasts, or download the free Christian Crusaders app and share with a friend. Also, prayerfully consider supporting our ministry at ChristianCrusaders.org, where you can find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast airing on stations around the world since 1936, and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions, the family, 
the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they are bringing all three together, honoring God and blessing our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight another special ministry partner, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Check out conference videos and schedule of events online at cedarfallsbibleconference.com and mark your calendars for Saturday, July 29th through Saturday, August 5th, 2023 for the 102nd annual Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Thank you for listening and may God richly bless you.